You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market. And Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Union 0430, episode 121, and fresh back from Prince Edward Island, Canada. We've got the unofficial sixth member of the union. Can I correct you? Yeah. It's 122. Oh, 122? Yeah, man. I'm here here for you. I'm here for you to keep you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. You, uh, I don't know. I would just, I would just I, give I, you the peace sign, man. I was, this, it's 122. 122. Awesome. Um, thanks. So yeah, everybody that's counting 122. I don't know what Fine. I'm on. I'm Fine. on, uh, if anybody's seen my Instagram before I, uh, before I hit record, I'm on the black rum. So, um, there's probably, um, going to get mixed up a little bit, but fresh all the way back from PEI. Mr. Jeff Coates, Mr. Pit Boss Waterfowl himself. Um, dude, you are one of the busiest people I know. You've got so much on the go in Maryland, and you take off, go up to PEI. Now you're back. This weekend is the Eastern Waterfowl Festival, right? It is, correct. And, and of course, you're involved with that with Molly's. So, um, wow. Wild. So, I appreciate you having, having me on. Thank you very much. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just it, it's good to stay busy, right? Um, I, I, you know what? I, I've I've told people this quite often. On a certain birthday that I had, yeah, I realized here's the birthday, here's here's the beginning, and the ending is probably a little bit closer than what the beginning was. So, got gotta gotta take advantage of the days. One hundred percent, you do one hundred percent. So a good trip up to PEI. We got a we got a ton to get through this evening. So we got to get through um, what's happening in Maryland with the the no special sea duck season. We got to get into PEI, and we got to get into the East and Waterfowl Festival. So we've got a hockey sock worth of stuff that we got to get through tonight. So um, I guess first thing, Jeff, let's start off with the. Um, you did get a couple days out guiding before you took off down to PEI or took off up to PEI, I guess, right? Yeah, correct. So this is the first year in the Atlantic Flyway that there is no special sea duck season. So this year they consider sea ducks to be ducks. So there's no special season just to target sea ducks. So whenever, whatever state you're in on the Atlantic Flyway, when duck season's open, you can, you can shoot sea ducks. So in our case, we have a, basically the third week of October. And then weeks in November, and then mid December to the end of January. So yes, I've already I've already guided seven days. Okay. And normally, normally we would go to PEI first, kind of hustle home to start guiding. So this year, a little little it was a little different feeling. That uh, actually was a good feeling because I got I got a good seven days in, and then we were off on on a on a on a holiday, so to speak. So wow. You know, you know me, and uh, we were following along on on social media. Um, a, a 
an amazing holiday by by all accounts. It looked like it. I, I follow. I was following. It was pretty cool because I get to follow both of you, right? I was following Karen and I was following you. So I was seeing the things that you were doing when you were off with with G off and the boys, and and when and then I was seeing all the all the stuff that Karen was doing when she had when she had the dogs and Duker and everything like that. So and going on her walk. So it was pretty cool. I got to see both both sides of it, and then of course. Um, you guys got out hunting together and, and all that stuff too, but um, it looked like a fabulous trip. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit jealous that, that I wasn't there. Um, but you know, unit 19 was empty, man. Nobody was in it. <sighs> now you're well, just adding salt to the wound right now. So, so, so speaking of that, honestly, like, you know, the, the, the hurricane Fiona, mm -hmm. supposedly that's the lowest millibar storm ever to hit Canada. Okay. And for instance, it was very devastating, especially on the North shore of the Island. It was very, I, I, my words are devastating. Karen agreed with me. Um, you know, just there's trees down everywhere. They're, they'll have firewood forever. There's that wow. I mean, it's just trees and trees and trees and trees down. Uh, we're, you know, Shaw's was without power for 12, 12 days. We yeah. weren't sure. We, we weren't sure we we're going to get there. Robbie was nice enough to basically they're more or less closed, but, um, right. He did allow us to come up, so it was that was nice of him. So, um, how was how was the province? You know, now like how is the cleanup? Is is there still more cleanup to get done, or are they? Was, there was places that looked like the tree fell over yesterday, and it's been maybe really? five weeks. Yeah, so um, one of uh, Jeff's good friends, Corey, um, actually, he you know he's got a service where he is doing he is taking trees they are he's you know he's got this i don't know if it's a skid load or whatever he's using to to remove trees and yeah like he'll be at a job and the neighbor comes over and say hey can you can you can you catch me too and he's like yeah maybe in two weeks kind of thing right so wow. as soon as we came we came in on the island in the dark and mm -hmm. instantly you can see it at road's edge just piles of every everybody cuts everything and sets it at the edge of the road for for it to get picked up and um, it's just, it was, especially once we got daylight, we're like, wow, this is, so you know where we stay, right? We stayed, yeah. in, there was easily on, on between us and the, and the beat or between us and the lane, I could tell, I could count easily without having to look hard. I could count nine stumps that were there. That's how I'm right around those, the, our cottage. Wow. So it was, it was pretty, it was, it was pretty crazy. And like well, every, every place yeah, you and, went, it was like and, that. And Shaz is right on the coast too, right? 100%. Like so, so there was no there was no hiding from the storm at all. Like it was one hundred percent. It was getting the full the full brunt of Fiona. Right. Uh, the you know the airport's right up the road, right? Mm -hmm. They they peaked at one hundred seventy kilometers. That's insane, man. Because you know I was telling you when we were chatting on the phone the other day, like where I'm from, like I've seen one hundred and twenty, one hundred and twenty five kilometers um when which are which are pretty crazy um i i could not imagine 170 i couldn't well, that, i could not imagine it that and, and what jeff said like the storm hit kind of overnight he says he woke up and it's howling and he's like we got 10 11 12 hours more of this and like it, it just it didn't move fast so like it was just there and it was yeah, just, just holding constant. up eh? what's uh what's 92 kilometers an hour what do you think that is 92 is 55 miles an hour that's pretty stout right yeah karen looked when we left the other morning when we yeah. went across the federation bridge there was a gust of 92 kilometers yeah yeah like i was so, I'm, I'm driving and like you could yeah. you could really feel it 
Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's fifty. So ninety kilometers an hour is fifty-five miles an hour. Well, she so, she looked up. She looked up on their. You know, they have a kind of like a live a live yep. cast of, of on the bridge, and it was ninety-two. Coming back on, they were actually stopping trucks. I assume to say were they empty or were they full, but they were stopping. Right. They were stopping the the trailers coming across. Wow. We left, but that that had nothing to do with her. You know, Fiona. Yeah, that was that was right. just a good old Yeah, and that yeah, and that's the thing. Like, um not taking anything away from from how devastating the storm is or or anything like that but i think if you knew exactly um how much wind how windy it is it's the same thing of living on along the eastern seaboard right like it's 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 windy like you you get wind like i know people say the windy city is chicago and stuff but yeah no you don't you don't get it like like you do on the east coast so um the houses the infrastructure everything in that province is built to withstand what they consider a normal storm right so when when that province gets leveled and the same with newfoundland and nova scotia when when it ripped through um if you are from there then you realize just how bad it was for the damage that it that it caused right because the houses are built different the buildings are built different everything has been pounded by the north north atlantic for hundreds of years and then finally this thing comes in and just rips everything up so well that it was a high water high water event too there's there's a place i put two youtube videos up from from there Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a place called the hebrides that literally there was, there was, I think there was probably about eight houses that were damaged, moved, gone. There was three in a row that all you saw was the, 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 I guess they were six by six pilings coming out of the ground, maybe 18 inches or so. Yeah. And like the house wasn't to be found. Like it just lift, literally just lifted it up and it was gone. And, um, and, or we found three of them that when we, when we kind of drove in, shoot, they had to be a mile and a half, two miles from the Hebrides. And, and they're like sitting on the marsh. So it was almost wow. like that they, not only it was windy, but they kind of became boats of such of sorts where when the water was high, they kind of floated off and like and, and got got blown away. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, it was. It really was. Um, so now, so with that being said, so what was it? You guys were there about a month after Fiona? Was that- five, like four to five weeks, yeah. Four to five weeks. Is that and now so keeping with the theme of of the show ones is obviously it did nothing to affect the birds well or or it did do something to affect the birds because you guys got into some pretty freaky ones um that that and or like it really affected the fields where there's like there's all kind there was corn everywhere corn either corn that got knocked down that they couldn't get Mm -hmm. up and or even you know fields that were picked i mean there there was literally corn everywhere wow so so lots of feed Hundred yep. percent. Lots of, but yep. the, but now I wanted I did want to talk to you because, you know, Jeff, you, you've done a lot of hunting in your life. You've been, you've traveled, you've you've done it all, and I want to talk about this video that you had put up this this field of dreams and <laughs> and the amount of birds that you had seen here, uh, seen there, like, and again, I don't think. Karen is a big fan of of people knowing just how awesome it is in PEI. Um, 
there may be some people in PEI that aren't fans of us yeah. how awesome it is. <laughs> but, um, you know, like you guys were getting into some ridiculous numbers, right? 100%. So Junior, who is a, I would consider him to be a very conservative man. Mm-hmm. He sent a video out to everybody and that he deemed it the field of dreams. And he said that there were easily 10,000 geese in this field and he's never hunted a field that had that many birds. And if you recall the sanctuary, yep. we were just up the hill from the sanctuary. The sanctuary was literally just full. Like I, I, if I said there was no more room for a goose to land, I'd be lying. But it, it, there were a tremendous amount of geese there. Wow. And, and out of that field of dreams came, what, a tarsal band, double banded goose, right? Collar, and yep. and yep. then there came a Denmark goose. So that was, that was, well, it, it was Copenhagen, Denmark. That that's the, the, oh, okay. that's where the organization, the, uh, I guess it's a college. I don't know. Okay. Whoever they are, the bandit, that's where they were from, but it was banded in Western Greenland. Wow. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, uh, I guess there was, I guess there was eight of us that morning. And like the one time, like I'm, I'm literally not, I'm just sitting there filming. Like I'm not hunting. Right. And I just saw this bird go by. I'm like, damn, that's got a collar. Like, do I, do I tell everybody it's got a collar? Like, like, what do I do? And I reach down. I'm like, okay, I load up. I was like, all right, now I'm officially. And I was like, Hey guys, that, that bird had a band. I had a collar on it. Yeah. David and the other Maddie, the young guys, they thought I was just messing around. I was like, guys. Right. I'm, and it, it was in a group of about nine birds. Right. And it's, they all went over us. We're in the hedgerow. They went past us. And this is the only bird that circled back. And I said, that it, it's got the collar on. I said, look at it. And they're like, Oh, yeah. it does. It does. It does. Anyway, it, it did, it did a circle back and everybody shot, and, you know, but it, that was, that was a pretty, pretty cool experience but here. I guess, and, and this is probably, I say this quite often where everything is relative, but here's my, my best example of how I can tell you things are relative. Fred West from Frankfurt, Delaware is in the blind. That bird from Greenland is a real, that was a really big deal to him. Much like yep. many of my friends, that's a really big deal. The yep. next day, next day, David Moore spotted a super nice lesser blue goose shot. Yep, right. The blue goose to them was more of the trophy yep. than, the, than the Greenland goose. Mm -hmm. And like my friend, like Fred's son saying, I can send him 20. I can send up 20 snow geese. Yeah. Yep. Well, you're, you, you live in, you live on the Delmarva. You know, yeah. you're not you're not up on PEI. That this the snow goose was actually a much bigger deal to them because they have shot birds from Greenland before. Yeah, but there was in the sanctuary. There was a barnacle goose hanging out. Yeah, I seen that video. Right. So they they do have those birds, but the snow goose was actually to them living there on PEI. That 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 especially the, a lesser blue goose was a much rarer bird than the collared bird from Greenland. Cool. Because because they've shot birds from Greenland before. Hey, I got a question for you just to get off topic here. We, uh, we were talking about it on the, on the show last week and, and we were talking about, um, the bag limit, uh, in Maryland for Canada geese. And I probably screwed it up, but I thought you told me once before that the numbers that, Maryland uses in order to determine bag limits is from an area in Quebec. Is that, did I totally screw that up or is that nope. right? Nope. So the, the AP goose, the Atlantic population goose nests on the Ungava Peninsula. There it is. Right. That's it. 
Yep. Yeah. That's, that's the bird. You can have every other bird in Atlantic flyby come to Maryland. Yep. You can shoot a, a bird's birds that are banned in Ontario. They don't really consider those. Well, I guess it depends on what time of the year it was banned. Right. But, mm-hmm. but basically the, the bird that's the, the traditional migratory bird on, that would be on the, the, the Delmarva Peninsula, Delaware Bay, Maryland, uh, Chesapeake Bay is from the Agava Peninsula. Okay. Okay. I didn't screw that up. Anyways, that was a tangent. Uh, we were talking about it last week and, and I was like, I'm pretty sure Jeff told, told us this once before, but I, I didn't know for sure. And I wanted to, yeah. wanted to this double is, check it. This is the third year, third season. It's a 30 day season, one bird. Limit. Insane. And, and you guys got birds, right? Like there, there's a healthy population. Well, just not of the Ungava Peninsula bird. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I mean, right? Like, yes. there's birds. Oh, yes. yeah, there, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, there's there's Canada geese. Yes, there's Canada geese here, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the the grinder, the rub to everybody is that like, how can you tell us it's a thirty day season one bird where there's there's just Canada geese everywhere? Yeah, yeah, it's just that in the summertime when they count, they count that the traditional yeah. lines in the Ungava Peninsula because the season was closed years ago. Through the yeah. mid nineties, the season was closed. It's closed for five years. Okay, and that's when they, after, when the season reopened, that's when they, they said it. Those those birds were down to like seventeen thousand breeding pair, is what oh. it was. Wow. The the way back in the day here, it was a seventy five day season for bird limit. Okay, so just kind of kind of a again maybe in those days too we didn't have maybe the influx of, um, you know local local Canada geese right. I again right. I'm going to be. Like, I'm going to be like the old guy, but in Maryland, when the September season first opened, it was a, an experimental special season. You had to go get a card, like to go shoot early Canada geese. It was only a five bird limit, right? Right. Now it's, it's eight, eight birds in Maryland, 16 in Delaware. Um, but, but, you know, back in the day, there weren't really all the, all the local birds really weren't around. So I, I guess I'm going to guess, cause I'm not an expert on it, but I would guess that, you know, back in the nineties, because there weren't that many local birds, and especially in all the states above uh, north of us, the birds that were getting shot were predominantly that that Ungava Peninsula goose. Hmm. There's okay. a certain line in Maryland. I'm not. It, it gets. It keeps kind of moving west, but wherever that line is into Western Maryland, it's a 75 day season five bird limit. But that's they they say that that's not the birds they're shooting there are not the Ungava Peninsula goose. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, yeah. Whatever somebody somebody way above my pay grades making making those decisions. So uh, so you gotta you gotta put some trust in them, right? And and you know and people people can say like it's silliness and 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 the whole bit, but consider how how low the numbers were, and then when when they did step in and start managing it. Um, obviously things have increased and for the better, right? So, so th- they had to know what they're doing. It may not make a hundred percent sense to us uh, in the moment, but I, I'd hazard to think that they do have a, a big, bigger picture that, that maybe sure. all of us aren't seeing. Right. So, yeah. And, and that 17,000 breeding pair, 17, 18, 19, it was less than 20,000. I'm going to say it was 17, but to me, those numbers, the duck counts, all these numbers are more of an index that it wasn't, there's exactly 17,000. That's right. That's right. right. This happens to be the lines that they traditionally go across. Yeah. They're guess, they're guesstimating that it's yeah. 17,000 pair. So I, yeah. I call it an index, right? Yeah. Um, that said, five years after it was closed, they were up to 175,000 breeding pair. So it did, you know, closing wow. that, closing the season here, um 
Southeast Pennsylvania, a little bit of the Del uh, New Jersey, a little bit on the Delaware Bay, Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. When they closed that season, it definitely, it definitely did help help the breeding pair rebound rebound somewhat. Wow. Okay. Good to know. Okay. Again, I I I think of it as an index. I don't think that that's not exactly how many right. work. It's just kind of it's, a, it's an index, yeah. and I we would hope that they do the index. They count even or you know, they do it exactly the same, the same. each year, so that you can kind of. Yeah, you know, because it's not exact science that they're they are getting a, a pretty good representation of of what really is out there. Yeah, I get, I yeah, uh, I guess they they would have to do it the exact same in order to get that proper cross section that they're that they're looking for, right? Like that that true representation. If you're changing up your data collection method every year, well, you've got nothing to to base it on, right? So, yeah. anyways, anyways, listen, how was? Uh, Ungava oh, Peninsula, you're Ungava Peninsula, you're correct. Ungava Peninsula, awesome. Um, okay, now back to PEI. So, um, so Geoff and Judy, that's his wife. Um, they came down. They stayed. I know last year when we were there, um, they stayed at their house. They were back and forth. It was logistically, it was, it was. I don't want to say draining because that that may be a bit of a uh, a big word but it but it was inconvenient of them to be at their house and then coming back down to the cottages at at Shaw's and, and stuff like that so um which must have been real nice for you and Karen to have them right there um witches and and then I know Fred West was there and and his wife so it, it had to be convenient for all of the ladies and then for all of the fellas um and I could just imagine the the food and the meals that you guys had had put together. So um, I'm, I'm glad to see you went back to Brackley Bay and, and got uh, and got some fish cakes because I would have been very disappointed if you didn't. Uh, Geoff had oyster for us when we arrived. And then we did we, each week we went we did go to the Brackley Bay Oyster Company. We got we got second the second week. They 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 did they did an outstanding job of getting us some really nice oysters. So, OK, OK, they were, they were nice, nice big ones. Um, I don't think I've ever eaten an oyster. What? I don't think so. I don't think it. I don't think oyster is a thing in Newfoundland. I've never heard of anybody catching oysters in Newfoundland. I don't know. I don't know that either. Would be, that, would, that would be your your world, not mine. Yeah, we not, did uh, definitely we, not on my side of the island. Anyways, we we did mussel. We did pork butt. Uh, yeah. Geoff had a nice brisket. Uh, I'm probably forgetting something in there. We we just so. I think I don't know if I, anyway, Karen. Uh, since since March nineteenth, Karen and I have been on a concerted effort to get mm -hmm. smaller. She's done a better job than I did. She's she's down 70, 72, 73 pounds. I, I was just at over over 50, 50, 52 pounds in that range, and she'll admit that she gained eight pounds in, in, on PEI. And I'll tell you, I gained, <laughs> I gained ten. So, <laughs> well, that that's good. Uh, at least you know you were eating good and you had a good time. Oh, now it now it's back to reality, right? Um, really listen, is the is the gag order still in effect? No, it's it's been lifted. We can we can freely talk. What do you want to talk about? Well, I want to talk. I want for anybody that's listening that that has continued to listen to the show, and this is not their first time listening. But if you've listened to this show in the past and you've heard Jeff talk about uh, Pit Boss Waterfowl World Headquarters, and then we got a gag order put onto us that we didn't really want to talk about it uh, anymore, um, and now we can, 
But if you're not following Jeff on social media and watching the videos of this place, and the term is a burn dominium, right? Which is a fairly new term, or or it is to me, anyways. Um, but this place is is pretty epic. I and I liked it that day when you sent me the video, and I was like, "Where's my room?" And you were like, "It's up, it's up these stairs, up right here." And I was like, "Yeah, I got a room. I got a room." So uh, barn dominium post frame construction. Uh, basically, you put poles in the ground and 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 build around it. So there's there's not a there's not a lot of limitations because it's they're, they're structurally engineered. The buildings themselves, once the building's up, it's uh, ours in particular with talking about storms and stuff. It's rated for 125 mile an hour winds. Uh, but once the building's up, it's secured. Like you can just you can do anything you want to do inside at all. So that's uh, insane. Where uh, the big building is 52 by 104. That's feet. 18 foot ceilings inside and then the living space is 50 by uh, 40 by 50 excuse me 10 foot living space with attic trusses up above that has actually has a nine foot nine foot ceiling upstairs wow so it's uh, it's, it's going to be 8200 square feet and uh, basically it's, it's just our future ever well i can definitely say ever since karen's known me which has been well she's known me for longer than 2013 but ever since that we have yeah. known each other very well yeah. Uh, I've always said, hey, I'd really like to have a place to keep the duck boat inside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of, that's kind of how this, but the, the quick story on it is, is right up the road, 2.2 miles away from where I'm at right now, uh, 5,000 square, 5, square foot building came up available to rent for three years. Uh, it was a triple net lease. By the time you're done three years, you're about $100,000 into the deal. Karen's mm-hmm. like, at the end of three years, like, what do you, and I was really pushing hard on this. I really, really wanted to do it. Yeah. And she's like, what do you have at the end of three years? You spent a hundred thousand dollars. What do you have? Nothing. Yeah. He yeah. says, so you're moved in. Are you going to move out? You're going right. to move everything out. That you-? I was like, yeah, probably not. She says, they gotcha. She said, I would be on board. Let's go buy something. So yeah. then just turned this, turned it into this little crazy path of, you know, looking for, this is all before COVID where things, at least, you know, land and property was, was sort of somewhat, um, <laughs> at a buyer's market. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, we, a uh, good friend of our Greg Steen found us this lot. It has zero, it's, it's subdivided, but it has zero restrictions on it. So I, I, where I'm at right now on pin, I, I missed, I'm going to miss the name pintail drive. Cause it's a yeah, pretty cool. Of course. I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss the water. It's right behind me, mm-hmm. but I am the redneck of pintail drive. I have way too much junk. I just have way too much of everything. Mm-hmm. Over there, we it's zoned agricultural, three and a half acres, and basically kind of do whatever we want to do. So we've, no, sh- we've shot we've shot guns there, right? So and yeah, that, I remember that, you telling me that you've you've seen you've seen wood duck over there, right? Yeah, my neighbor right across the street, he has three boxes that are jam. You know, he gets three he gets three clutches of wood duck wood ducks each year. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, it's just it's, it's the future. It's just it's uh, it's just. So staying ahead of the curve, it's it's just it's it's the future for us. So that's yeah. that's what it's all about, and um, it's going to make me. Hopefully, the plan is to make me more productive with decoy carving, so I won't have the I, I won't have the trailer anymore. So we'll we'll kind of upgrade to a real shop, which I used to have years back. Yeah, uh, currently, currently I don't. So that that'll be a bonus, and just just um, it, it's just it's just going to be it's just going to be the future for us. Well, and and a bit more space um you, you know it's just it's going to be more comfortable um and the the beauty about it is that both of is have the say in how it's going right you're picking it you're 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 deciding how how everything is so 
um, you know, the, at the end of the day, it's your, it truly is uh, yours and Karen's place because you've, you've designed it. Right. So hundred percent. It's, it's, it's been a really great project and it's, it's, I told the story today, the electrician was there today doing some stuff and I asked about what we're doing at all. I was like, well, it was, it was this building. Then the building got a little bit bigger, got a little bit bigger. And then Karen's like, well, I'd live there. So then this, this came out, <laughs> but then it got a little bit bigger and it got a little bit bigger. And it's just mm -hmm. kind of that thing where it's, um, it hasn't spiraled out of control but it's definitely gotten, gotten, you know, it's definitely gotten, how about this? It's gotten more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, um, uh, that's, that's an unfortunate uh, side effect of, of it. Now, how, so correct me, but when you launched a boat, you always launch at, um, oh, what the hell is the name of the place? Well, I trail the boat every day. Yeah, and you trailer it up to up to uh, what's the name of the place? Ocean City. Oh, I was thinking, where's that? What's the name of that gas station you always go to? Oh, Royal Farms. Wawa. Wawa, that's the one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how? So are you shorter distance now to the water, or? No, I'd say it's about the same because okay. uh, the, the building the, the building that started all this was literally two point two miles away. Now, now we're we're seven point eight miles away, so it's oh, okay. it's, really, it's really not changing. Right. I, you know, I, talk, I was talking with Chicky today about it, and he's like, especially since I don't want to blame it on COVID, but definitely COVID is def in, in our area has changed the mindset of how people work. The street is a peninsula. There's a, a court on the end. Yeah. Like at one time, I had five black labs here, and there there wasn't a soul here in the winter time. Right. Right. There was houses that you never saw anybody at. Well, the, during COVID, and or the boom of everybody's kind of uh doubling or tripling their money all of a sudden mm -hmm. houses get sold and, and i'm not i don't begrudge anybody from wanting to use what they own right but yeah but the, the point the fact is is that the street was not busy now it, it is busy yeah and, and again there was houses that are, are there's three houses on the court that are now verbos and, and are getting rented so now there's like there's people in and out in and out in and out right and it's just much busier and much different than than what it was so this is we're going to be where we're at in whaleyville is close enough to Still close enough to do what we do, but we're going to be quote in the country. Okay. Yeah. So it's okay. just it's just a difference on that. Uh, we're on a corner lot, kind of a triangular shaped lot. We've got a state route on one, or or the county road is our address, um, but the other the other roads a state state highway. It's, we're easily found. Um, you know, Greg Steen did a super job of of finding this piece of property for us. Yeah. Just really fit just really fit our needs. You know, hundred okay. percent. So it's just it's again it's just something that's. It's been maybe a little slower than what I originally planned or originally thought. One thing of it, with it being slower, wood prices ha have kind of come back down. Metal's really kind of the same, but, mm -hmm. but wood prices wood prices have come kind of come down a little bit. Um, you know, concrete, stone, fill, that's, they're they're all kind of still still up there pretty good. But right, but um, but anyway, it's it it has been a slower project than what I thought. Oh. Let me tell you a little story. Absolutely, you know me pretty well, right? Yeah. I say pretty much all that I do, right? Yeah. So Chris, the builder, Chris Wellhelm. Yeah. I won't say Chris, the builder. I usually refer to Chris. I'm sorry. He's yeah. referred to as Chris, the builder. Chris Wellhelm, pole building outfitters. Mm -hmm. Super, super great guy. Uh, I can't imagine. I talked again to Karen tonight. I can't imagine doing this project without him. But mm -hmm. Chris contacts. Chris is a very methodical, thought through guy. He wants to submit one time and submit everything he needs to get. So yeah. he's, he's back and forth, back and forth. He called, he called the county about a job and 
another job. And he's like, Hey, Chris, you going to do Peerless Road? And Chris is like, yep, we're almost ready to submit it. He says, well, a little birdie told me that he's running a business out of that. And he can't do that. Chris is like, Chris has hunted with me before. Yeah. Chris is like, what are you talking about? Dude, dude guides people duck hunting. What are you talking about? He's like, Nope, he can't do that. Chris is like, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. No, no, he can't, you know, he can't do it. So Chris then got referred to the zoning girl, which kind of turns into what the property is zoned for. And I've asked him three different times because I didn't, I didn't hear the conversation. I said, Chris, this is exactly what she said to you. He says, yes, Jeff. She says to him, so what is this pit boss world head? Are there going to be like 20 cars there every day? And Chris just laughed. He's like, that's, that's Jeff. That's what he is. That's what he does. Yeah. it, It is his it is his world headquarters. Yeah. That's where he and his wife are going to live. He runs duck hunts. This is his world headquarters, yeah. but it, it's, it's his house. That's where he's going to live. Yeah. So she says, well, he can only have 20% of his living space be dedicated to the business. Chris is like, so what are you talking about? She says on the plans, I want a, a hatched out, crossed out area, area where that's his living space. She says, I, we might, we might need it taped out on the floor. She, he said, that's what you want. He said, yep. Okay. So we said, Chris, the duck boat is less than four. It would have been 400 square feet. Duck yeah. boat's less than 400 square feet. So he gets the architect to draw a box, to hatches it out, says duck boat. He goes to submit the plans. Another zoning girl's there. And she's like, look at the plan, say everything looks good. She's like, what's this rectangle? She says, that's his, that's his, his business. She's like, what are you talking about? Well, the other girl said 20% yeah. of the living space. She yeah. says, does he live, does he live out in the shop? She says, this looks like it's a big shop, a big building. She's like, no, that's, he lives over here. She said, out there, he can have 3,000 square feet. You know, so it just depends on who you talk to. But of my, course, my, my point in this is, like I called my shop before I did it, right? Yeah. The county knew, the county knew what I'm doing before I even really applied for what I was doing. So right. You know, kind of, I guess my, I'm going to say my, my uh, best enemy worst friend but you know kind of some some of the slowness is that i definitely have to take it take responsibility i'll admit the pepper is hot and say yes mm-hmm. I'm, I'm my i'm part of my own problem it's awesome <laughs> but but it, it but you know you're right it, it which day of the week who it is that you're bumping into um the whole bit i've been uh I'm just trying to put an addition on the back of my house, just just a, like a family room um, on the back of the house. And we've been, I think, six weeks with the with the architectural drawings into into the township waiting for waiting for a permit. And and it just keeps getting more and more ridiculous of, of what they want. So um, we, we were t- we were 12 weeks getting ours. Wow. Just over- just over the state line, Chris does a lot in Delaware. Just over yep. the state line in Fred West County of Sussex, Delaware. Mm-hmm. He said, Jeff, he said, I can send Nancy in there on a Friday at 4.05 p.m. Yeah. 4.28 p.m. that day, she's she's got a building permit in hand. He's like, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Well, and and that's the thing. Like, these these guys, like, they, they build relationships with, with the counties, right? So um it, it's easy like when 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 the zoning lady or person whatever when they know the person that that's submitting the paperwork and they're like oh yeah i i have no doubt in my mind that this is 
this is on the up and up. Everything's good. Everything's been, all the I's have been dotted and T's have been crossed. Yeah, we're good. You know what I mean? Like there's a little bit of due diligence put in there, but uh, at the end of the day, um, Chris, Chris probably has a great relationship with that lady and, and therefore she doesn't really dick him around. Right. And not anymore. He had 11, I think he had, a, we were the, uh, out of 11 permits, we were the closest to getting it. Right. And yeah. at one point he just kind of went down, had a meeting with him. It's like, well, basically like what you're telling me is you don't want me to do business in Worcester County. That's what you're telling me because I have, yeah. I, I'm ready to go on a legit business. We're on track to do a hundred buildings this year. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't my first building that I've done. This is what we do. This is all that we do. Like, yeah. yeah, you're telling me you just don't mean to do business in Worcester County. I guess that's what you're telling me. And um, so anyway, after, that, after after we got mine, ours, Karen, I'm sorry, ours, yeah. um, he said on a Friday, one time he got, at, then he had nine more. He he got five on a Friday all, all at once. So he's like, kind of, kind of, everything kind of sorted itself out. But again, I, I do have to take responsibility that I was probably, I was probably part of the problem before. Uh, I was <laughs> part of the problem. <laughs> that's all good at the end of the day buddy it's getting done it looks fabulous thank you i can't wait to come and and see it in person and, and visit and and the whole bit because uh i i'm sure the videos and the pictures that you send uh don't do it justice but if you want to see something get framed if, if you are people that are listening if you are a fan of construction and, and watching houses and and stuff get put together and and how fast and efficient these contractors can be. You got to go check out this video of these guys putting those two, was it two by four? Yeah. Two by four, right? By 16 feet. Yeah. Two by four by 16 feet. Like, and I mean, going up the wall, like these two dudes, like it was insane. Spider Spider monks. Yeah. Like lemmings. Like Mm -hmm. it was, it was insane. Um, Okay. PBHQ edit away. East Eason. This it's a shame because we're recording the show tonight um kicks off tomorrow we won't put the show out until monday so that the festival is already over by that point but um what are you going to be doing what's molly's because i know molly's plays a bit they have a really big part in into it so so what what's all what's your weekend looking like uh for the east and waterfowl festival so i i'm I'm sorry that I cannot tell you what the name of the storm is, but the storm that just hit Florida yep. is going to give us a lot of rain tomorrow. So tomorrow in Easton is going to be very wet. Mm-hmm. That said, Molly's, so there's a sportsman. So if anybody doesn't know, it's Easton, Easton, sorry, waterfowlfestival.org is the webpage. It takes place in Easton, Maryland. It's the home of the World Goose Calling Championships, the World Live Duck Calling Championship. And um, it's been 50. 54, 55 years that they've had this festival. Back in the day when goose numbers were good, goose season would just be starting this weekend. So it kind of the festival was kind of revolved around hunting. The yep. whole town gets involved. They shut part the downtown area, they shut down, kind of turns into a street festival, lots of seafood, lots of music. And between the um the, the high school um is is contemporary and antique decoy carvers are in, in on display there. And then over to the Elks Lodge. There's kind of a sportsman's pavilion, a sportsman's midway out, outdoor venue where eat the, the show puts up two tents where you can go get a 10 by 10, a 10 by 20. Well, Molly, Molly's, uh, Molly's place, mymollys.com in Kennedyville, Maryland. Fuel your adventure uh, right there at Molly's. 
they they go and they put up a pop-up shop pop-up store where they put their own tent up which is basically kind of as big as one of the other tents and um they just they they get a lot of brand representatives there they do a lot of sales Mm -hmm. specials and it's just it's a really good weekend again tomorrow's going to be wet but saturday looks to be a great day um there's a um they've got i have not seen it yet but i'm told that there's a new stage kind of in this in the in the midway uh, where they're gonna have live music pretty much all weekend long oh cool Uh, dock dogs and that kind of stuff's going on there's a tank there where that's all going on there's again there's people cooking seafood there's a beer garden and it's just kind of like uh it's usually a super nice weather weekend um unlike pei where every leaf was going off the trees from the storm (laughs) barren you know easton's going to have some some pretty colors there and it's just it's a good weekend and pretty much can't say that every brand name um is represented there but there's there's quite a few uh, brand names that are represented there for sure. i i would think so and and i believe you've told me this before but it it's all foot traffic right so it, it's yeah so like you're not if if you're going you're not going to drive your vehicle up to up to the the display area or where the tents and that is it's all it's all public transit buses well, once once you buy a festival ticket yeah then that gives you access to the the shuttle buses that run you to all the different venues so there's there's stops everywhere from the high school um the sportsman's pavilion uh, elks lodge then it goes downtown um again right by the uh, city hall courthouse um again there's there's food ven- uh, food vendors open open um kind of a street fair kind of an atmosphere with music and then there's another uh a, a kind of a more of a retriever demonstration okay there's a stop there for that and then i believe the middle school as well as the elementary school also have uh venues okay um so what are you going to be doing uh like i i i know that you're going to be there with with molly's and uh and and you know being your vibrant self as usual, but like, what are you going to be doing? Are you, is there any stage time for you? Are, are you guest speaking anything? No, nah, not, there's not really that. It's not necessarily quite like that. Um, okay. But we are the, the big kickoff that I'm involved with, with Molly's is the Molly's ultimate waterfowlers giveaway. Right. It's worth over, over $12,000. Mm-hmm. There's a seed hunt with me. There's a, a bunch of different, um, other other brands that are given quite a quite a few dollars away kind of thing uh from a shot you know shot if i you want me to say brands yeah or not. Yeah, so, yeah go for it buddy go for yeah, it so, um there's a, a, a first off there's a molly's gift card of fifteen hundred dollars there is a federal ammunition package of fifteen hundred dollars wow. there's a banded banded avery uh um, package of of twenty five hundred dollar gift card uh there's a retail um shotgun there's a sixteen sixteen hundred dollar gift card there there's a $1,500 loophole uh, gift card. And then there's a, a four person sea duck hunt with me that has, uh, there's, they're not, they won't cover necessarily all travel, but there's airfare and accommodations are included with, with that. And wow. basically it's, it's one winner takes all. So if you go to my, my you can enter all the way up through Christmas, I believe it is, but okay. basically, yeah, I'm going to be, we'll be there talking about that. Um, basically just kind of, you know, spreading the waterfowl love. There you go. And, and of course you'll be doing some live videos as you're walking around and, and, and checking, checking things out, but it it must be, it must be fun for, for a guy like you, Jeff. And, and I'm sure it's, and I know it's fun for anybody that attends, but, and it must be fun for, for a guy like you, because you know, there, there's a group of people or a 
a big number of people that you know, you don't get necessarily get to see them in person all year long. So here's a chance uh, for you to interact with some some friends that you don't normally see. But then there's also, I, I would assume, some people that you only know through social media and stuff. And, and this is your weekend where you actually get to shake hands and actually meet in person. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. There's, you know, the people that I know all the time, there's people I don't know that, Hey, you know, they come up and say, Hey, I follow along. I love your videos. Love this, that, the other. And, you know, we, we, you know, take as much time. I try to take as much time as I can with them. And then there's people that basically I would only see at the show, right? I, I right. hear you see them at the show because, because they're in the area they've traveled from North yeah. Carolina or Ohio or Massachusetts or wherever Mississippi to, to be at the show kind of thing. Right. So it's, Crazy. it's there's, there's a bunch of different, bunch of different levels there or layers to, to, to whom. Yeah. Um, I, I do believe, and I'm not a hundred percent sure, um, but you'll know after the week. And I believe Anthony Smith is making the trip up. I've seen him there before. Yeah. I did not, he has not contacted me saying he was going to be there this year, but yes, I have seen him there before. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I believe he is going to be, I, I believe he is going to be there now. He, things may have changed, but I, I'm pretty sure I heard him say that he was going to be in, the, in those other two tents that are not Molly's tents, again, there's there's people in there that they're, um, you know, companies, vendors that get a 10 by 10 or 10 by 20 mm-hmm. uh, from hats to calls to lanyards to shirts to, to you know, choke yep. tubes, ammunition, whatever. It's just not, you know, Molly's definitely has a strong presence there, but there's there's other people there that are, are vendors that are not, you know, not, not associated with Molly's. Plus, then you have people, there's going to be duck, there'll be duck boats there, layout boats. Uh, yep. People, sell, you know, people shin waders. That's you know, got. Yeah, I remember. I remember last year actually they yeah. had. Uh, I remember you doing a video last year. They had a they had a booth and and people coming in and just literally trying on trying on the waders and and get a feel for them and yeah. and the whole uh, bit right. Like like Gunner Kennels, you know. Yeah, Addison's from Tennessee, right? Uh, yeah, yep. Tennessee. So yep. you know, they're, they're, he's there with a the display. So it's it's it really does pull people from. You know, I can't say all across the country, but it does right. pull people from, from a great distance away from Maryland, for sure. Yeah, no, no, it, it's awesome. And, and again, um, it's something that I really wish that we could we could take on board up here in Canada. I get it. We don't have the numbers um, that that you do down in the States, but um, I've heard people say that, that they don't, uh, how, how is the best way to put this if COVID taught them anything is that they don't necessarily believe that they need to attend trade shows anymore because um, they didn't hurt business wise um, when COVID had shut, shut everything down. Um, and that may be true that at the, at the, the bottom line, the dollar is probably not affected, but I believe that people really, really want the outdoor shows and and getting out and mingling and getting their hands on the stuff before they buy it instead of, you know, just blindly ordering it online and having it show up to their house without actually seeing it, touching it, feeling it. Um, I, I really do think that there is a need for it. And we're going to do the Toronto Sportsman Show this year, and we've got a pretty big, pretty big idea planned for that. But again, um, it it takes it takes the people, right? And and Eason, fifty years, 
been 50 years running and, and it seems like it's getting better and better every year. Right. So um, hopefully, hopefully the refuge is, is the first step in, in doing something like that right here in Ontario for us. Um, but buddy, um, getting close to that 60 minute mark. So um, we'll, we'll tidy things up here. Um, I would like to, we could go on, keep talking for forever, I'm sure, but um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll call it there and sit and save it for another day because, um, you know, it's just, it's good to, it's good to touch base with you every couple months because you've got so much on the go. Um, and it's always good to get, to get brought into the, into the life of, of Jeff and, and Karen. So, um, appreciate you coming that. back on, buddy. We appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so last words to you, my man. First off, I miss, I miss everyone else. It's just yeah. kind of personal me and you, but I, yeah. I, I appreciate you too, but now nah, I appreciate you having, having me on. Thank you very much. Um, I, I, I kind of, you know, the plan was possibly to do it while we were still in PEI and that just, that didn't work out, yeah. which is, which, which is not a problem, but no, man, I, I appreciate you ha having me on. Thank you very much. Um, you know, things, things are good. Things are moving along quickly and, and, um, just trying to be if I, not trying to, if, if I say I'm trying to stay positive, it sounds like I'm not positive, but right. things are very positive and we're just going to just, as I do like to stay, we're, excuse me, as I do like to say, we're trying to, I'll slow down. We are trying to stay ahead of the curve. That's what I, that's go. my line. One of my lines. We're trying to stay ahead of the curve. So that's what we're trying to do. There you go. Um, no, awesome. But, and, and just as you said, I miss everybody. Ryan, Ryan's ah. trying to, Ryan's trying to join right now. So <laughs> I, and he's an hour. So uh, he's an hour ahead. So I'm guessing he got something screwed up with the, with the time zone. So, uh, but uh, Mark had a surprise visit from his parents today. So um, they showed up at his door today. So he was pretty happy to see his parents. They, they are in, um, Phil is working. Um, Ryan's just dropping on, just jumping in, right, trying to jump in right now, but we're almost finished. So uh, I will say this, as we drove across New Brunswick at yeah. 1 a.m. Atlantic time, we did get to see the blood moon basically all the oh. way to the port right we got to the borders basically kind of when when we lost it but it was that was a cool sight to see yeah that was cool it was it it was and it, i mean it was blood red too it was right at the end for sure awesome well jeff buddy thanks again for coming on like you said uh we tried to do it while you were in pei but mm -hmm. you guys were so busy and and then um the night that we were talking about doing it on I was like, man, you're crazy. You got a lot on the go that night if you're going to try and do a podcast too. So, uh, but cooler heads prevailed. And uh, so we're doing it tonight. So awesome, buddy. Um, good to have you on. As always, love watching your content, love following along. And I look forward to our chats um, all the time. So ladies and gentlemen, once again, the Union 0430, we are who we say we are. We will not pretend to be experts just a bunch of good, just a bunch of dudes that just love talking about bird hunting and whatever else with our good friends until next time. Big love. Oh, this is a new thing that we're doing now. Thinking of you. We are thinking of you. We, wait a minute. There we go. Yeah. Thinking of you. We are boom, 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 boom. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Uh,